another production from Solid Gold Podcast. And it's another week and it's another blathering conversation coming from the two blithering, well, no, we're not blithering idiots, <laughs> the two brilliant blondes from France and Johannesburg. Jenny Baxter, how are you doing today? Hello, Melanie. I'm doing really well and um, you're looking good. Enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, it's very bright in here today. Um, the sunshine, although we thought we were going to have rain yesterday and it was so exciting because we saw these thunder clouds and heard the thunder and then saw all the videos of the flooding in Alberton and these incredible amounts of, of hail storms happening down in the east and south of Johannesburg. And I didn't even get one drop at my house. So it was very depressing. You know, you start getting like, oh, my gosh, I can yeah, feel it. I yeah. want to go and dance in the rain and nothing. So we're allowed to talk about weather this time around because it is actually quite relevant at the moment. Because I mean, we haven't had any rain in like most of Johannesburg at all yet. And it's very, very late. So I think people are getting very twitchy. Um, there's that tension in the air. We're all waiting for it to rain. And then, of course, what's going to happen is as soon as it rains and the roads are wet and there's lots of oil on the roads and then there's going to be lots of accidents because of the way that people drive. But let me not get onto <laughs> that, okay, because we know about it. But, yeah, no, the, the water situation in Johannesburg. Are you on um, restrictions? Well, apparently, yeah, we're on level two restrictions, which means that you're not allowed to wash your car with a hose pipe, water your garden between 6am, 6pm, uh, definitely not wash the road outside your house. Um, no, Does anybody like, ever a whole do bunch that? Stuff. Yeah, I've had to go and like put uh, warning letters in people's post boxes saying, dear resident, we know that um, you probably haven't told your gardener not to do this, but would you please, because otherwise, you know, um, you're being incredibly unfair, even if you have a borehole, because when the water level drops, then you will have no water at all either. So <laughs> it's one of those things where we, we're trying as a, as a community to not be watchdogs per se, but to try and get everybody to understand what it means when we will have no water. But everybody's going, oh, but the dams are full and the whole dam's like 93%. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't get our water from there. And it's a good thing because it's full of E. coli. We get it from the Lesotho Highlands Water Scheme. And, and I think I'm open to correction on this one. I think it's because of all the load shedding that the water, they haven't been able to pump water to where it's going properly. Um, oh. So like the Linden Reservoir is empty, which is what actually supplies our area. Okay, but we, we still have a bit of water. But I mean, I've always been very water wise in my area, so it's not an issue. Um, my garden is like, but how am I going to water the garden? I'm like, well, you're not. Okay, it'll yeah. rain and then it'll be fine. So we don't water my garden. That's it. And how was it wake, waking up on Monday and apparently you had been put into stage four load shedding without knowing? Yeah, that was quite a shock after, no, it was over the weekend that they brought it back because we were supposed to have a weekend without load shedding. So no load yes. shedding for the weekend and then it came back in again. And then it was stage four. Then I woke up this morning and apparently it's been suspended during the day, but stage three will be kicking in at four o'clock this afternoon. But then we're not um, scheduled for any load shedding after 4 p.m., at this stage, unless we go to stage four during the course of the day, which is quite possible, then we will have load shedding at the worst possible time, which is between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. So it's like one of those things. We don't know. As we said, thank God for Eskomsa Bush. <laughs> but it, it, it gets my goat, I think, a lot of the time listening to people and watching and reading what they're putting on there, like going, oh, the rater should be fired. And I'm like, do you not understand that it's not 
his fault. He's doing his level best to get this sorted out. But I mean, with five, five um, of the big, what are they called? Where the units, production units, units, yeah, yeah, went down all at the same time on Sunday night. I was like, really? Yeah, Does that suspicious. smack of sabotage, perhaps? Um, so there are all of these things. There is sabotage. There, the, he is being hamstrung by the government. The coal is being stolen. Literally, the good grade coal is being stolen and taking, taken offshore. So that's the one point of view from when it comes to ESCOM. And then from the water point of view, they're like, oh, but we've got so much water in the dams. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you don't know where the water's coming from, okay? So you need to actually, before you go off pop on social media and like, la, 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 and make yourself look like an idiot, as my mother always said, rather keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool than open it and remove all doubt. There we go. That's all well, I have to say about that. <laughs> there, there's actually also a, a video going viral of all these trucks leaving South Africa with all the coal. Yeah. Um, but no, the video is from at least from, a year yeah. ago. Yes. So, ignore. But it's still happening. We know that it is still happening because nothing's been put a stop to. And that's unfortunately what happens, along with the fact that, of course, our electricity gets sold to other countries as well. And they have to honor those contracts. And then there's nothing left for the people in the country itself. So. And they need the money. Well, actually, I was um, out with a Norwegian lady last night, and they're going through the same in Norway. You know, they have so much um, oil and everything. Mm. But because they export so much, they are without. Mm. So yeah. South Africa is not the only one. But it's it's um, you know, I try not to get involved with uh, saying too much except – um, saying to people, actually, you have that wrong. Okay, this is how it works. And and maybe just enlightening them a little bit, but I don't get into this whole thing. And oh, somebody got really twitchy with me the other day because somebody went and reported somebody for some joke, which was actually a joke, okay? And they, they took offense and went and reported them. And, oh, you know, and I sit there and I think, you know, snowflakes, no, no, no age group, okay? And then somebody started having a go at me. Oh, well, I'm a 50-year-old snowflake because I do this, that, and the other. I said, well, you know what? I'm in the same position. But however, I would turn around and say, why not have a private word with that person? Yeah. Okay. Instead of running off like teacher's pets to go and uh, report somebody, is this the only way that you can actually get your jollies every day? You know what, people, we're all in a bad space at the moment. Well, not all, I suppose. Some people are in a very good space, but some of us are get frustrated. Don't take it out on other people. We need to pull yeah. together, not be divisive. Which, which is actually also a, a, a quite a big story this week. I don't know if you saw about um, two girls who were attacked by a seal in Fishhook. Um, it happened about three weeks ago. In fact, I think it happened on Heritage Day. The one was 6.30 in the morning. She lives in Fishhook. She swims often uh, there. And the other one was a holidaymaker from Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And both of them were really badly injured by this the seal acting out of character. It's not normal for a seal to attack. They had not provoked it. They were not near it, touching mm. it, nothing like that. You know, the one landed up with septicemia. The other one is still recovering and hasn't even been able to fly back to Johannesburg yet because mm. she's still healing. Anyway, they said that the shock of the attack mm. and the injuries that they suffered were not nearly as hurtful 
as the social media attacks yeah. Yeah. and um and so they've we've actually got it on essay people and it's really worth reading um they've written from the heart about the absolutely beautiful people you know the people in hospital who who sat with them who stroked them who you know got them through the, these awful experiences but um but also just a big shout out to people on social media to not jump to conclusions and be kind of pious and judge you know something mm. that you weren't there to see why it happened and what happened and that as well apparently went quite racist um with there was a video and people had done voiceovers kind of telling the seal to attack her and so no, people yes. are just but luckily the virus. Yeah, but luckily they were mainly good people. And, and so they, they are saying, you know, they're proudly South African and they are focusing on, um, on the good spirited people. That's what we should be doing. Onwards and upwards. Well, somebody who always, I mean, talking about being in the sea and everything, somebody who always I find so incredibly inspirational, and I, I'm a fangirl, unabashed fangirl, um, is Lewis Pugh, who I've been following his latest swimming thing. He was also swimming with the woman. Was she from Saudi Arabia? Um, they're, they're only female really good kind of long distance swimmer on this um, thing he's doing from Arabia to Egypt yeah, to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. yeah it's the first time crossing the Red Sea and that woman I think she's actually a professor or a politician mm. she's somebody quite high up but it's the first time that a a woman has crossed the Red Sea yeah so she's done amazing. And he, you know, Lewis Pugh has also been amazing because there's that African saying about if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yes. And and I think this is 165 kilometers that he's swimming over a two-week period. And he has said that, you know, right now he needs both. So he's been swimming with different people but mm. just in you know he normally swims alone as you know so this has been quite an experience for him getting sort of pushed on and sharing the experience yeah but i think he was in a bit of trouble the other day he was saying that he usually manages to get like you know three kilometers and this time he only managed to get one yeah. kilometer um, well have you seen the videos from from yesterday the no, sea is so rough and they're mm. saying it's going to be three more days of that it's like really really wavy Huge, yeah. um so but but as he says as well you know you have to just focus on one reason to keep going Mm, mm. To, you know, but you, you must only focus on one reason. Don't try and think of three reasons to keep going, just one. Yeah. Um, and that's how he's not giving up. So, so he's doing that to raise awareness and to send a message to all the world leaders and corporations and everything about cut emissions because, yeah. you know, this is the hottest water he's ever swum in and he's taking a risk. It mm. can give you the opposite of hypothermia. Hyperthermia. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all to do with the UN Climate Summit. So, I mean, uh, what, in in the advance of the COP27, which is going to be happening as well. Oh, that's good. Uh, While we're over in in the Middle East, of course, um, Ramaphosa doing his thing over there and Saudi Arabia getting in on the action and hopefully they're not giving him yes. billions because we know that won't actually go into infrastructure. <laughs> okay, so this is all good news <laughs> and he is getting billions. Um, oh, Lordy. So, so if you remember in 2018 when, when President Ramaphosa went on that rally to try and get as much money as possible for South Africa, mm. at that time Saudi Arabia did pledge $10 billion in investment 
investment in the country. Mm. And since then, I think one billion has come across. It's obviously with COVID and everything, it, a lot of it's been delayed. Yeah. But um, Ramaphosa was in Saudi Arabia meeting with the king and everything. And he, I think Naledi Pandor was there. There were quite a few top, Gwede Mantasha, quite a few top um, South African politicians. Yeah, the country, they yeah. signed, yes, they <laughs> signed 17 memorandums of understanding. And those 17 are now going to allow the flow of the other 9 billion to come into South Africa. Okay, well, I just hope that they have other people on board who will be actually kind of overseeing where the money goes. That's what we need to have happening here. So, they, I mean, everybody at the moment, every single day, there's something new about this person stealing this. And some, I mean, um, Ramaphosa using the Air Force planes as, his, as the ANC kind of transport thing. And so only supposed to use it yes. for government issues, not to go to their bosparats. So yeah. it, every single day, there's just something. And you sit there and you, I, I don't want to read the news. I'm not interested. Anyhow. <gasps> Although, can I just quickly tell you a little bit of scandal at the moment, mm. um, which is just making kind of world headlines. Uh, in Australia and in the UK, both of them, their defense ministries are investigating that um, I think in, in the UK, it's at least 30 pilots, former and current, who have been recruited in China to train um, yes. Chinese um, armed forces, PLA, yes. um, People's Liberation Army, to train them, you know, as pilots. And it's a South African-owned company that is doing this, apparently, and offering these people in Australia and England a lot. They say it's life-changing money, you know, so mm. they offering them a lot, and it's all being investigated at the moment. Right. So it's is making news. I can't go, oh, I'm proudly SA. But no, no, no. I'm kind of like, I'd rather just be like, let's take some good news from some good news for expats, okay? The World Health Summit, which is happening yes. in Germany. What's going on there? Well, I think that was just fabulous. They, they just heaped praise, like, like really bucket loads of praise, onto Professor Tulio de Oliveira, mm-hmm. who you may remember was the guy who announced Omicron mm. um, and then put the world <laughs> in a tailspin. <laughs> but, but you know, he, his team, South African genomics, mm-hmm. is that how you pronounce that word? Genomics, yeah. Were just praised so much at the World Health Summit for, for all the sequencing and everything they've done. And then what I loved is the professor said he actually wasn't there to receive all the praise. He sent five younger scientists mm-hmm. to build the the, ne- the new generation in South Africa, which is just so forward thinking. Let go of ego and help the next ones. And then from from overseas, there was a lovely story. Trevor Noah was on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. And, and again, praise has been heaped on Trevor by people from all over the world just saying, you know, some of them might not have laughed that much at his jokes, but he truly is one of the smartest guys mm-hmm. that they've that they've ever heard. And then Trevor himself told this fabulous story about last year, Halloween, when he dressed up as The weekend because, you know, The weekend, the Canadian singer. Yes. Um, Trevor and him really do look very alike. And, um, and so Trevor dressed up as him, goes out in the streets of New York, and this girl comes running up and goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, I am such a fan of yours. 
you know, please, can I have a photo with you? And Trevor says, well, I'm actually not the weekend, you know. If if I was the weekend, I wouldn't be dressed up as the weekend. And she's like, no ways, no ways. I can see you're the weekend. And he goes, I promise you, I'm not. And shame, she said to him, she said, you know, I was always such a fan. And you're just being so mean and nasty and unfriendly. Oh, no. and, yeah. <laughs> so that's how convincing he was. She was just so angry. Oh, good Lord, people. There's nothing you can do about them, really, I suppose. Hey. <laughs> Anyhow, right, let's get on to some local good news. Yes. Um, well, there was the Cape Flats Book Festival this weekend, which mm-hmm. is just so wonderful. It's, you know, it's, the belief behind it is that readers become leaders. Mm. And um, Athel Williams, I don't know if you know him, he's he's a poet who has won incredible prizes around the world. He's mm. been, I think he's been to more universities than anybody else, got distinctions from more universities than anybody else in the world. Um, he's currently in Oxford because he's one of the whistleblowers in South Africa. So he went into, what's that word when you leave the country? Ex- to, uh, Exile. Exile, that's yeah. Yeah, Extinction. Um, Yes, he's gone into exile. But but you know, obviously he was still watching the festival because it's him and his brother who started the festival a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh there were over forty authors there this year, you know, just making books accessible to a, a community, you know, on the Cape Flats who who don't have access a lot to books and reading and everything. And I mean, the caliber of the authors that were there is just, just amazing. You know, people that you would have interviewed mm. South Africa's top. So, so that was wonderful. All the support there. And then down in Still Bay, some uh, South African scientists have made a great discovery. They oh, were, tell, 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 you tell. <laughs> they, they were looking at all these tracks on the beach and everything. So they were there for something else. Mm. And then they came across this fallen, like, 500-kilogram weighing rock, mm-hmm. which um, had had these marks on it and lines on it like triangle. Mm-hmm. And from that, they can work out that this rock was used by our ancestors like over 100,000 years ago, somewhere between 92 and 140,000 years ago in the Middle Stone Age. And it's when our ancestors became modern because they basically used fire as an instrument to create those triangular shapes. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, that proof of them creating art. They were basically creating art, but, you know, using fire. So that's around, what, 100,000 years ago? Wow. Yeah. And and they reckon that they're still going to find lots more because as the sea is just, you know, making rocks fall from the cliffs and bringing things up, mm. there'll be more there. So okay, a that's cool. Area. All right, now we'll get on to sex, of course, because everybody loves sex. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> except the internet. Uh, <laughs> we, did, we did this article on the, the Pretoria Sex Expo. Yeah, which, the Sexpo, it, yes. Yes, and it, it, it attracted like 16,000 people mm-hmm. over the weekend, which is which was great. And, and Was and Picasso you know, there? Uh, I don't know. Pro, yeah, yeah, the guy who paints pictures with his... His yeah, 
his member. There was definitely <laughs> artwork happening. Yeah. Um, but, and, and you know, and they were interviewing people who were saying how important this is, people that had come from the townships and who said, you know, they were brought up with sex being so taboo mm. and the repercussions of that because, you, you know, people didn't take advantage of your ignorance and, you know, and they were just saying how important this is. And so we posted the story from Reuters. We put the video on YouTube and YouTube came along and chastised us and removed the video. No. And yeah, and Google came along and it's, and you feel like a naughty schoolgirl when they send you these messages. And, um, and then Google sent a message as well saying they won't put any advertising on the page because we have violated and, Oh, it's just, just crazy. Yeah. It's because machines look at these things rather than humans, and humans would have seen that it, it wasn't porn. It was just a report about an expert. Yeah, but there's somebody else, and we're going back to social media again. Somebody else put up a, a thing. I can't remember what the item was that they put up. It was like completely innocuous. And, oh, no, this goes against our community standards. And I'm like, okay, yeah. the world is just running completely crazy at the moment. Um, there's there's a lot of Looney Tunes stuff out there. But you know what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Whatever. it's the it gives bots, you, gives they... the person, Yeah, the bots give us more more advertising for those particular things in any case because then people talk about it and like, oh, my gosh, look how silly these people are. But anyway, <laughs> there we go. So the Sexpo came and gave. And now what I want to know is um, one of my favorite, favorite organizations, which everybody should support in this country because it's not governmental. Okay, Gift of the Givers. What have they been up to? Well, they are stepping into help big time when it comes to health and hospitals. So there are millions of people right now because of the last few years who are waiting for surgery and, um, you know, things have just fallen so behind at so many hospitals. So at the end of this month for two or three days, they are going to be funding 10 volunteers, five anaesthetists and five scrub sisters yeah. to in Kimberley to to perform a lot of catch-up surgeries there. And this is part of a, like an expanding project where they hope to um, fund 300 registrars in the country mm-hmm. and, and work with hospitals where sometimes gift of the givers will – fund 50% of the surgeries. Sometimes they'll provide personnel. You know, it'll be in different ways, but it's it's just to to help get things back on track. Mm. Well, I think that they're and trying to get things on track at the various hospitals. Unfortunately, with the shortage of water, Helen Joseph running out of water every now and then. So, all right, there we go. All right, what have you got in the way of entertainment? A really cool must-watch, it'll, it'll make you feel so good about life is the trailer for Tully's Jobo Diary. It, um, it dropped yesterday and it's really, really good. Of course, it stars Julia Anastasopoulos <laughs> and, um, and also her sister is in it, her real life sister. Yeah. And Coconut Celts as well, uh, who helps her dust the Cape Town off her, um, because she's had to move back to Joburg. And she's in the, the predicament that many people are in. It's post COVID. Her credit cards are bouncing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so she has to move back to Joburg. So 
I think it's coming on the 18th of November. The series is starting. Mm. And before then, you and I will be speaking to Julia on this very podcast. So Fantastic. We're going to be telling her to tell everybody. Tally's coming. <laughs> That'll be lots of fun. And then just if you're interested, you know, I know Spotify has made quite a difference to people, to musicians in South Africa as a way of getting their music out to the rest of the world. And currently on Netflix, there's the playlist. So uh, it's all about the, the Spotify story. It is in okay. Swedish, mainly Swedish, but obviously with voice titles, voice subtitles. No, not voice. Voiceovers. Dubbing? No, just subtitles. Subtitles. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other one, Tully's Joburg Diary, that will be on Showmax. And if you live abroad, except for America, but most other countries, you'll be able to watch it. And in the meantime, you can watch Tully's Wedding Diary and Tully's Baby Diary. Okay. To catch up. And it's really funny. For two years running, sorry, it's Julia has won Best Actress SAFTA and it has won Best Comedy Series. Fantastic. So I could not recommend it more. I still like her as Suzelle. Yeah. <laughs> Suzelle's DIY. Yeah. She's brilliant. Um, oh, just going to the music as well, um, in not too long I'm going to be interviewing Danny DeVette who used to play with Evoid. Oh, yeah. And a whole bunch of other bands because he's written a book. So we're going to be talking about that for the reading room. So I'll send you a link to that for people just Excellent. to reminisce about the amazing time in the kind of the, during the 80s because his book is about what happened during the 80s with Petit Cheval and all those bands that were like doing all this amazing stuff when we were all still so full of hope, you know, that we were coming to the end of apartment, we end conscription, end all of those bad things and just look to a brighter future. And that's when it all started. So I'm looking forward to interviewing him about that and seeing how much madness he went through because he, he I think he's he's met more famous people than you have which is saying something <laughs> <laughs> show me oh yeah yeah I was going to tell you story no, no 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 don't tell me that story okay all right so what have we got coming up on sapeople.com next week what is the big story it's a real feel good it is for well, it's not nice that they were orphaned, but mm. for rhinos who were orphaned, it's the biggest rescue project and rehabilitating. Rehabilitating. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> rehabilitating them, them into the bush. Home. Rehabiting yeah. them. Rehab. Yes. Rehab. No. No, they're not going to. <laughs> habituating? So, so habituating orphan, them. Okay. <laughs> four orphan rhinos in KwaZulu Natal have they're going been back to the felt. Yes. Yes. And they're black rhinos. And actually, they're, they're going to a new home, a, a new part where they've never lived, where we haven't had black rhino before. And it's 75% of the land is owned by communities around. So yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be so good for tourism, et cetera. And, Fantastic. and for the local people. Look forward to that. Do you remember how to tell the difference between a black and a white rhino? I have been told so many times, but no. <laughs> I remember the times I've been told. In fact, the restaurant I was at last night has, I don't know why, but it actually has the statues of a, of a black rhino and a white rhino. And yeah. that's where one night a safari guy was telling me, the differences um, so I remember but I don't remember the reason. okay that's your that's your homework for the week okay oh you're, you're going to tell me now story. no you're leaving me on a cliffhanger <laughs> we're, we're going to tell people who are listening to this podcast to send a message on sapeople.com or sapeople on Facebook okay to tell us what the differences are between the black and the right wino.
white, black and white. I can't even say it. Black and white wine. No, it's there. We go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jenny, I think that you should have a, a, a nice relaxed day today. I know you were out partying last night. Yeah, on a Thank school you. night, Nochal. I mean, really. <laughs> and um, yeah, let's just see what this next week brings. I'll keep you updated with whether we have power or if the entire world is falling apart, which I'm sure, I'm sure it won't. I'm sure there are enough people out there who can make a, a good place. But that's what I want to say is just to everybody, please just go out there and be lacquer. Okay, <laughs> that's all you need to do is just be lacquer. Okay, Jenny, thank you very much. We'll catch you next week. Au revoir. Thank you, Mal. Have a great week. Bye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. <laughs>